day to be alive. You know, I was thinking today, how often we just keep things simple. We try things way too difficult. I mean, everything. We try to think the most difficult thing possible before we even do it. When there could be a simple way that's easier, more productive, more educational, but we just want to make it hard. So I'm going to do something a little different today. I'm going to keep it simple. We're going to read out of the Bible. We're going to read some parts of John 12 and do a little explaining. I used my concordance here and we're going to keep it simple like a child. So here we go. This is about Mary anointing Christ. Then six days before the Passover, Jesus came to Bethany, where Lazarus, who had been dead, whom he had raised from the dead, there they made him a supper. And Martha served, but Lazarus was one of those who sat at the table with him. Then Mary took a pound of very costly oil of spikenard, anointed the feet of Jesus, and wiped his feet with her hair, and the house was filled with the fragrance of oil. Now, spikenard, it was a very, very rare plant. It was quite expensive. It was a very precious ointment. They mixed it with other perfumes, but if it was pure spikenard, it was, it was very, very expensive stuff. So, let's get into the next part. But one of his disciples, Judas Iscariot, Simon's son who would betray him, said, why was this fragrance not sold for 300 denarii and given to the poor? This he said, not that he cared for the poor, but because he was a thief and had the money box. And he used to take what was put in it. You know, this brings up a great point. Who did Jesus surround himself with? Tax collectors, thieves, common people. He didn't put himself with the up and ups. So here we have the thief Judas Iscariot, all concerned, quote-unquote, about how expensive that fragrance was. But listen to what Jesus tells him. But Jesus said, let her alone. She has kept this for, this for the day of my burial. For the poor you have with you always, but me you do not have always. So he's letting them know. They're about to hang me up on the cross. I'm about to be gone. But there's going to be poor people all the time that you can help. So don't fret over this expensive perfume being put on my feet and anointing me. She's doing what she was called to do. Back off. Now a great many of the Jews knew that he was there. And they came, not for Jesus' sake only, but that they might also see Lazarus, whom he had raised from the dead. But the chief priests plotted to put Lazarus to, dead, to death too. Also, because on account of him, many of the Jews went away and believed in Jesus. So, kind of like today, they, they like to put anyone that believes in Jesus to death, anyone that's been saved through a miracle by Jesus' power to death, they were plotting to kill Lazarus too. They just didn't want Jesus' blood, they wanted Lazarus' blood. They wanted to take him out. You know, that's crazy. But, that's how it was. So let's get into the next section, the triumphal, in, triumphal entry. The next day a great multitude that had come to the feast when they heard that Jesus was coming to Jerusalem took branches of palm trees and went out to meet him and cried out, Hosanna. Well, Hosanna in the Greek is an exclamation or adoration. 
In the Hebrew means, so we pray, but turned into a cry for help. So they were crying for help. They were saying, Hosanna, Hosanna. They were crying for help. I mean, literally crying for Jesus to save them. You know, it's amazing once you get the actual context and the words of what's going on. It opens your mind in a whole new way. And, yeah, they were crying for help. Isn't that what we're doing all the time? Crying for help. Crying for the Lord's help. Let's get on with this. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, the King of Israel. They were ready to anoint him king. They thought he was it. come in, have a bloody battle, and knock all these people off. They didn't understand that the prophecies in the Old Testament have not been fulfilled yet. There are several of them that still have not been fulfilled. So, they're ready to, for him to go all he-man warrior on them and take over the kingdom of Israel again. Then Jesus, when he had found a young donkey, sat on it as it is written, Fear not, daughter of Zion, behold your king is coming, sitting on a donkey's colt. That was actually prophesied in several books. So he li literally rode a, a colt down the, the east road into Jerusalem. His disciples did not understand these things at first, but when Jesus was glorified, then they remembered that things, these things were written about him, and that they had done these things to him. So his disciples are sitting there like, what the heck is going on? Kind of like when you know something's about to happen, but you don't know how it's going to happen. Like, what's going on? Then once they realized it, oh, oh, this was prophesied. We, we know what's going on. He told us about this. It's written in the in the old prophecy, Old Testament books. I mean, this was prophesied about him. Then the people who were with him, and when he called Lazarus out of the tomb and raised him from the dead, bore witness. For this reason, the people also met him because they heard that he had done this sign. They saw all the stuff he was doing and were like, "Man, this dude's the legit real deal. Jesus Christ is here to save us. If we have our kingdom back." That's what they thought. The Pharisees therefore said among themselves, You see that you are accomplishing nothing. Look, the world has gone after him. So the Pharisees and Sadducees, the religious people, that's when they really got terrified. They didn't like Jesus to begin with. Now they're terrified. Because they know they are losing their base. They're losing the people that believed in them. That they are starting to have their eyes open that, hey, this is the Messiah, the Mishnah. He's here to save us. Now there were certain Greeks among those who came up to worship at the feast. This, I never realized before, there were Greeks there too. It wasn't just the Hebrew people or the tribe of Judah, because there's mainly the tribe of Judah there in Israel at the time. The Greeks were there too. Then they came to Philip, who was from Bethsaida of Galilee, and asked him, saying, Sir, we wish to see Jesus. Philip came and told Andrew, and in turn, Andrew and Philip told Jesus. So, they let Jesus know, Hey, look, not only do the Jews want to see you, but the Gentiles want to see you too. And wasn't it prophesied that Jesus would bring not only the Jew, but the Gentile to him? 
I mean, these things are amazing. Look at all this. And then we've got Psalm 18 talking about Hosanna, which was mentioned in that passage. And it, Hosanna was, the great Hosanna was the last day of the feast, of the Feast of Tabernacles. If I mean, these feasts that we're supposed to be taking part in that we don't. We've forgotten the way. Jesus is the way, but we've forgotten the way that he told us. But yes, the great Hosanna. And something else in that part that was quoted from Psalm 118 in that passage. Fear not, daughter of Zion. Behold, your king is coming, sitting on a donkey's colt. He told them to do what? To fear not. Wow. That's a recurring passage in the Bible. Recurring word, or two words put together, to fear not. And in the Greek, it's phobia. And it means to frighten, to be alarmed, to be in awe of, be afraid. You know, the Greeks were in the crowd. The Hebrews were in the crowd. And they're being told to fear not. Fear not. Don't be scared. So, amazing things. They can just pull out of this. I mean, we've got Mary putting expensive perfume on his feet, preparing him for for his death on the cross and they didn't understand that Judas was showing the thief that he was giving a precursor to what he was going to do <laughs> Lazarus is sitting there and the Sadducees and Pharisees are all upset that Lazarus is alive so they're planning on killing him and then the next day he's going down the, the east road into Jerusalem on a donkey and they're saying Hosanna. So they're sitting there and greet. <laughs> they were exclaiming adoration of him. Or they were praying for him. They were crying for help. Uh, there's probably a bunch of both. If you really think about it. I mean, you can learn so much when you just open your eyes up and you actually look at what these words mean in the original language. And you take it as simple as a child. We quit overthinking it. So now we know that spikenard is a very expensive perfume. Hosanna means an exclamation or adoration. Or in the Hebrew it means save we pray. But it turned into a cry for help. I mean so much information in such a just a little passage. That isn't the whole chapter. That's probably about half of the chapter. Yeah, well, about a third of the chapter. But there's so much information packed in this. And we're trying to look at it like it's so difficult to understand. When we should just close our eyes, pray, put everything out of our mind on how we've been taught to read the Bible. Ask the Holy Spirit to give us understanding. And then read the Bible and get the understanding from the Holy Spirit. Not from what man has been telling us. I'm going to tell you something. Man has been pushing their narrative for 2,000 years about Jesus Christ. They've been pushing their narrative 
and leading people astray because no one wants to get into the Bible and read it like a child. They don't want to sit there and do their research like a child would. What does a kid always ask once they start turning about two, between two and five? Why? Why? Then what do they do? They seek it out. They try to figure it out. They want to know why. Well, we've quit asking why. We've quit being like a child. We decided that we know it all. It's going to happen this way because brother so-and-so said so. Well, brother so-and-so could be wrong. He could have been tricked by the devil. You never know. But if you sit there and you ask God for discernment, he gives you understanding. That's like other things that people have not discerned from the Bible are the tribes of Manasseh and Ephraim. And then what it says about Joseph. It said that Joseph, Jacob's son, one of the twelve of Jacob, that his tribe would push out to the ends of the earth. As in, they would cover the whole entire earth. They'd manifest destiny. No one ever puts that together. They overthink things. They don't keep it simple. Uh, let's get into a little bit more of this. We're going to continue going on. But Jesus answered them, saying, The hour has come that the Son of Man should be glorified. So the hour has come that he has to go on the cross and bear our sins, is what that was saying. That he's going to die for us. Most assuredly, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the ground and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it produces much grain. So Jesus was telling everyone, I have to die and come back from the dead. After taking out all the bad guys in Sheol and making them march in a captive's parade, i got to come back. i got to come back so that the word of God spreads like wildfire. He who loves his life will lose it, and he who hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. So, if you love all this, I need this, that, I need that new truck, I need that new car, and you'd rather have that than spread the word, one, you're not going to be fulfilled very much, you're going to be wanting more and more and more. But two, you're not going to have eternal life, because you bought into the world. You don't need to buy into the world. But if you lose your life, as in you're willing to give up everything for Jesus, they come up to you and say, we're going to kill you because you're spreading the name of Jesus. And you say, go for it. I'd rather be in heaven. Or we're going to punish you because you believe in Jesus. Go for it. Punish me. Then you're going to build up something even greater in heaven. If anyone serves me, let him follow me. And where I am, therefore my servant will be also. Talking about the Holy Spirit. If anyone serves me, him my Father will honor. So you're going to be honored by God for serving Jesus. Now, my soul is troubled, and what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour? He, he, was, he had a little unsettling in his soul about this. He knew it was about to happen. He knew that it was going to be so unbearable taking on the evils that we've done to save us. On his body, his human body, his human flesh was going to be mutilated because of this. Torn up inside. 
but for this purpose I came to this hour. Father, glorify your name. So he said, let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. This has to happen. Then a voice came from heaven saying, I both glorified it and will glorify it again. Therefore the people who stood by and heard it said that in that it had thundered. Others said angels had spoken to him. So the people that didn't know God's voice, they just thought it was thunder. Others thought angels were talking. Jesus answered and said, This voice did not become come because of me, but for your sake. So he said, I already knew this. It didn't come to tell me that I'm glorified. It came to let you know I'm going to be glorified through this act that's about to happen. Now is the judgment of this world. Now the ruler of this world will be cast out. And I, if I am lifted up from the earth, will draw all peoples to myself. This he said, signifying by what death he would die. So, eventually every knee will bow, every tongue will confess, is basically what that is getting at. The people answered him, We have heard from the law that the Christ remains forever, and how can you say the Son of Man must be lifted up? Who is this Son of Man? So they thought that he's not going to die, which he didn't die. I mean, he died, but he came back to life, he's going to live forever. Then Jesus said to them, A little while longer the light is with you. Walk while you have the light, lest darkness overtake you. He who walks in darkness does not know where he is going. So if you want to walk in the evil ways, you have no clue what's in store for you on the other side. While you have the light, believe in the light, that you may become sons of light. These things Jesus spoke and departed and was hidden from them. So he went and hid. He was so stressed out about the situation, he went and hid. But although he had done so many signs before them, they did not believe them. Believe in him. That the words of Isaiah the prophet might be fulfilled which he spoke. And got to remember, all this was prophesied by multiple prophets. Lord, who has believed our report, and to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? Therefore they could not believe, because Isaiah said again, He has blinded their eyes and hardened their hearts, just like God did with Pharaoh in the ten plagues. Lest they should see with their eyes, lest they should understand with their hearts in turn, so that I should heal them. These things Isaiah said when he saw his glory and spoke of him. Nevertheless, even among the rulers, many believed in him, but because of the Pharisees, they did not confess him. So they were so terrified of confessing Jesus as their Lord and Savior, they wouldn't say anything. Does that sound familiar? We got closet Christians everywhere that don't want to say a word. They're so terrified of what the world's going to say. Lest they should be put out of the synagogue. They were so terrified of being kicked out of the church, they didn't want to say nothing. For they loved the praise of men more than the praise of God. They were selfish. They liked it their ego boosted. Then Jesus cried out and said, He who believes in me believes not in me, but in him who sent me. So whoever believes in Jesus believes in God. And he who sees me sees him who sent me. I have come as a light into the world that whoever believes in me should not abide in darkness. So 
like John 1 4 he is the light he is the light in the way yeah I mean, I'll read that verse right now in him was life and the life was the light of men so yes Jesus is the life and the light and if anyone hears my words and does not believe I do not judge him for I did not come to judge the world but to save the world he who rejects me and does not receive my words has that which judges him the word that I have spoken will judge him in the last day so that's talking about judgment day if you don't believe in him when the scrolls are opened up in the end when that book of life is opened up and your name's not in there it's bad jujubes for I have not spoken on my own authority but the father who sent me gave me a command what I should say and what I should speak that was prophesied everything Jesus spoke came from God if you don't believe me look it up and I know that his command is everlasting life therefore whatever I speak just as the father has told me so I speak so yes he spoke what God told him to speak he didn't speak what he wanted to speak he was obedient to his father which it's not part of the Ten Commandments obey your parents who is obedient to his parent his father his Abba and yeah he suffered a lot but he was glorified through it it was kind of awesome I mean there's literally a crack next to where the cross was from the earthquake and if you think about it there's a crack there and they say there was so much blood that it went down the crack there could be a possibility that the Ark of the Covenant was down there and the blood hit the Ark I'm not saying it is down there I'm saying there's a possibility what was it prophesied that his blood would hit the mercy seat to cover our sins so that could be possible that could be logically possible we won't know until that gets uncovered and that's not gonna get uncovered until God says it's gonna get uncovered so that's gonna be an exciting day and I have a feeling that's what happened but we'll see we'll see when God says it's time for us to see now there's some other things I want to talk about now that we've read John 12 we read the whole chapter I was just gonna do part of it but I said what the heck let's do the whole chapter let's talk about these shoes that little Nas put out man I'm gonna tell you right now we're to walk in Jesus's shoes Satan literally made a pair of shoes for people to walk in Satan literally has demons on the bottom of these shoes I mean they're rubber but they're the shapes of demons and there's human blood in them according to little Noss or whatever his name is the devil is trying to take over we have to stand up and speak out because if we don't we lose we're gonna win in the end but in this moment in time right here right now you have to speak up about these things I'm to the point where I'm seeing the evil from some of these companies and I'm gonna burn my Nikes I'm getting rid of them I had bought a pair I'm not gonna wear them anymore 
I don't want my kids wearing them. I'm going to find other shoes for them to wear. I'm going to go somewhere where I can get a good, solid pair of shoes for my children, and they will wear them. Luckily, I have some Converse's and some Asics. I'll see what their stance is. But, and I have New Balance for my work shoes. But, yeah, I'm getting rid of the Nikes. I don't want anything to do with that. We can't keep on supporting the devil and thinking nothing's going to happen to us. I mean, we can't keep on giving him money and thinking he's not going to use it against us. He always does. Always has. It's just, that's how he is. He's bent on destroying humanity. He's a petulant child who got upset. Decided he was going to bring humanity down. And now... He's throwing a temper tantrum. Point blank honest. That's my take on it, and I'm not going to back down from it. I know some people are going to be like, oh my goodness, you called out the devil. Well, you better be calling out the devil. You just read what's going to happen to Jesus further on in the book of John here. He's going to die for our sins because of what the devil did. So, yeah. We need to wake up to what the devil's doing. It's long overdue. Way long overdue. We've had our little powwow of evil for the past 150 years, and it needs to go away. Is that? But here in America, 150 years. So we need to pray. We need to fast. We need to get right with God. Right here right now and also this is the Passover week so we need to pay attention to what's going on because God's going to do some mighty things this week to glorify himself for him to seek the glory that no other man could do no man could do what's going to happen this week like I said I expect a Christian basketball team to win the final four don't quote me on it but God wants the glory so many eyes are turned on to that basketball tournament right now. I have a feeling he's going to use it for his glory. Then the Suez Canal, last I heard, 12 other ships were stuck. 13 tribes of Israel, if you factor that Manasseh and Ephraim, were turned into their own tribes. Instead of it saying Joseph, it says Manasseh and Ephraim. So, yeah. Some amazing things are happening on this planet right now. We need to open our eyes and look at them. Now we need to get into some good news. I know y'all been looking forward to that. The good news section of the podcast. So let's roll. A man in Indonesia has transformed arid desert land into an oasis. He used... Banyan and ficus trees planted over 11,000 of them and now he has springs and running water he's able to pipe water to homes from planting these trees now that's some awesome news right there he figured out how to turn a wasteland into a beautiful place where he could grow produce and stuff 
Now, that's supposed to happen across the whole world in the end times. So this might be the, the path forward for that. That's awesome. What else do we have for good news today? Let's take a look at this. Here's something else that's going to touch your heart. Uh, they have a senior center where they bring puppies in to play with the elderly. That's always nice. I mean, anything to, to bring up their spirits. So really, especially in these times, we need that. We really do. And then a veterinarian dog owner was is in tears after her Yorkie, who disappeared 13 years, was returned to her. If I remember this story right, because I don't have it pulled up. The kids sat on her porch and waited for her to get home to make sure she got the dog. It's just amazing stuff. And there's so much good stuff going on in this world amongst all the dark evil crap that, yeah, we need to look at the good stuff. We need to, to push it. We need to quit pushing the bad, the evil. Because all that's going to do is get your spirits down. Yeah, they're doing stupid stuff. They've started their whole little racist campaign against white people again. Trying to pit us against each other. But we got to look at the good. If we look at the good, and we do as God said, we have some great things ahead of us. I mean, the good book says it. Read it. You'll be astonished. Well, that's all I've got for tonight, y'all. Hopefully y'all understood what I was teaching through the Bible, through John 12 tonight. I was trying to keep it simple like a child. Trying to give a little better understanding to it. So I pray it helped you. Y'all have a good day. And God bless you.